when I go to the bank and they're like, what's your LLC name? <laughs> I was like ditching school and like getting arrested and like I was not raising money for charity. So for most people who are that age and thinking about something like this, what was the thought process that you were having and how did you overcome some of that? I went to the back of the plane. I was like, maybe I just have like low blood sugar. And I was like opening up soda cans and like trying to drink it. And then I just like passed out. And then I woke I up and I was like, oh, I feel really, really, really bad. Favorite traveling question to ask people is like, have you done ayahuasca before? Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Shannon. And we are two women here sharing inspiring stories about fearless females to help encourage you to live your life unapologetically. Welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Soli Cayetano. And I have said that name like four times. And Soli, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you got it right. I screwed up every time. But Soli is at such a young age, an amazing real estate investor who actually specializes in out-of-state investing. So many people's limiting beliefs lead them to believe that because they live in an, a market that's too expensive for them to buy a property, that it's just not an option for you. And she's on this mission to teach people that investing out of state is super easy and she's doing it herself and such a great example for people in their 20s. So Soli, welcome to the Unapologetically Me podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. So first, I just want to say your name is so unique and I love it so much, Soli. And last night at dinner, you were telling us that it's named after a musical note in your mom? A musical term. So yeah, my mom's a, a violinist. And so it's the plural of solo, which the more you think about it, the weirder it gets. But it basically when like a whole piece of an orchestra, like say all the violins have a solo together, it's called a soli. Very oh, cute. It's a beautiful yeah. name. It is and unique. Yeah, I love it. So um, also before the podcast started, we were like, what should we talk about? And at last night at dinner, we were talking about your childhood and your upbringing and your schooling. And to me, it was very unique. And I feel like Heather might be interested in this. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like the high yeah, school and the college? Yeah, please. Sure. So I went, I grew up in a small-ish town south of San Francisco and my high school was maybe 120 kids. So we had 40 kids per grade and we split up into two different groups. And so my whole class size was maybe like 15 to 20 people. Really small. My professor or my um, principal used to like drive the tractor to school. He would like take his bunnies with him and we'd take his bunnies to class and make forts in class for them. So it's just like a different type of schooling very like more casual more focused on I guess the arts and like great books and literature and poetry and that type of stuff just a very different I guess private school but small private school experience so with the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about having such a small like number of people is are you close to them still no like I feel like <laughs> it goes one of two ways you're like all best friends or it's miserable because you hate each other yeah, I grew up, so I went to like an elementary school, which is very similar, but it was a feeder to the high school. And so I knew all of these kids since maybe I was like five years old. And you just, I don't know, there's not much diversity. I, I liked them at the time, but I think I sort of outgrew them where we all kind of went in different paths. And Do you so, still live in that area? No. Okay. So I moved uh, for college about an hour outside of the area, but a lot of people who went to my school stayed in that area, stayed inside that little hometown. And so it's just a different type of vibe. A lot of people went to community college and did that route. And I kind of went out to the, the big bad Silicon Valley and learned about money and 
went the evil route. So <laughs> that's kind of the, the background. And then you said that um, you got like a full ride scholarship to college, right? I did. Can yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I think it was mostly because of my high school had a program where we had to make nonprofits. And so we actually went through the whole like 503C sort of process and we made a nonprofit that fought against human trafficking. And so we raised, this is my first time raising money, actually. We raised maybe like $10,000, Wow. And we funded scholarships in this like small town of Maury, India. And so I wrote about that in my applications. And surprisingly, they gave me a full scholarship. And so even back then, I was like very, very frugal with money. And so my choices were like, do I go to UCLA and take out, you know, $80,000 of debt? Do I go to Berkeley? Do I take out, again, $80,000 of debt? Or do I go to a school that wasn't my first choice, but gave me a full ride? So I chose that route. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's so interesting that you in high school, like learned how to develop that nonprofit. Do you think raising money in high school has helped you have the skill set that you have now to, to make you the successful person you are today? Um, I mean, I, I remember we used to do like presentations to our friends and family. And I feel like when you see high schoolers presenting and like asking for tax deductible donations, (laughs) a lot of my neighbors were like, okay, we feel bad. And so we'll give you money. Way better than selling wrapping paper. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there was probably some practice that I got in in that area, but I, I didn't actually revisit raising money until maybe a year or two ago, but definitely good practice. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was like, ditching school and like getting arrested and like (laughs) I was not raising money for charity so (laughs) I feel like you're one up above me in the practice realm but she started a little earlier yeah yeah so how did you go from you've got this full ride to college and you've moved an hour away to fast forward a couple years and you're this expert in out-of-state real estate investing what what are we missing in the in-between um, it was, I guess it was just a, the pandemic mostly. So I was in college when it, the pandemic hit, but throughout college, I was working full time as a commercial real estate broker. And so I was leasing office space. I was in part of the real estate association. I got plugged in and into that group and met other real estate investors really young. And then when the pandemic hit, I was about to graduate, about to go into a full time job in commercial office leasing at a time when nobody wanted office space. Like we're sitting in, this is like my bread and butter office that I used to lease right here, but everyone was sitting at home and working from home. And so that's how I kind of dug into the real estate world, learned about it, realized that I can't invest in California where I live. I have to find a more affordable market. So it was somewhat, you know, an educational process throughout college, learning about real estate, also surrounding myself with other real estate people through the Real Estate Association, which is a little nerdy, but it was fun. (laughs) And then also just like being forced by a big life event, you know, the pandemic happening, the whole world shutting down, my whole school shut down, you know, work shut down. And for the first time in years and years, I had like literally nothing to do. So it was a big moment where I was like either... You know, I did the whole like cooking thing, you know, the quarantines, uh, like pizzas and pastas. And I did it for like two weeks and I was like, I, I got to do something else. And so what'd you do? So I bought a, bought a rental property. So I think it was in maybe April or so that I decided to like, I'm going to do it. So I set up a call with an investor that I knew in Ohio from work and said, can you show me around? Kind of made the commitment to buy my first rental 
never looked back. I vlogged the whole thing on Instagram because it was just so fun and so different. It's kind of like a challenge to myself. I was like, how fast can I actually buy a rental property? And I never had time to think about, you know, like, will this not work? Like, you know how people go through like analysis paralysis for years and years. I didn't have time to think about any of that. So within 12 weeks of actually wanting to buy that property, I closed on my first property and then I flew out, lived in that property for a little bit, renovated it and like rest was history. That's so cool. And how old were you when you first did your first rental? 22. Wow, that's impressive. So I think when most, for most people who are that age and thinking about something like this, they have all these reasons in their head that they can't do it. They don't know anything about it. They have no idea where to start. They don't have any money. Like what was the thought process that you were having and how did you overcome some of that? Again, I don't even think like, I think I was saved by not knowing what I don't know. Like I didn't know that people, you know, analyze 10 different markets. I just knew one investor in one market and like that was it. I didn't know that people spend hours and hours analyzing deals. I just analyzed a deal, thought it worked, showed an investor and made an offer. And so I, I think that a lot of people get like over-educated. I think there's, you know, you have to get educated to a point, but then you actually have to take action and learn from taking action. And I never allowed myself to get over-educated where I just kind of circled into the worst case scenarios, the what ifs, that kind of realm. The other thing was just making an Instagram was like a life changer for me. Cause I was like hanging out with college kids before that. And I was hanging out with real estate brokers, which are honestly like college kids forever. <laughs> and so they're not investors. They're, they're making lots of money, but they're spending lots of money. They're never investing. It's just like a, a wheel of just doing it over and over and over again. And so when I made an Instagram account, I, you know, was posting about wanting to invest. And all of a sudden I found like thousands of people who were investing. It was their normal life. They were kind of saying like, you know, great job for taking a risk, great job for taking action. And I think that was part of the positive feedback loop. And I was like, oh my gosh, I found some people who really value like these unconventional things in life, but I really like that. Like I really, I'm really subscribed to the delayed gratification. Like I'm willing to put in a couple of years, set myself up for the rest of my life. So it's really- well, and it's finding a tribe of people yes. who are interested in similar things, right? Because yes. then you can be encouraged by it and motivated by it. And you, it, it's a double-edged sword too, because we just had Anna in here. We were talking about how sometimes being on social media or at these conferences, it can go the other way and you feel like you're not doing enough and like all these yeah. people are ahead of you. But if you can get rid of those thoughts and use them as like motivation and encouragement, it's a lot different than, you know, like you said, the college kids who are figuring out where they're going for the bar tonight versus like, yeah, but the it's next also deal you're going to buy kind of approaching it like as a student mentality. And I think I had like zero ego at the time. I, I try to still not to have a lot of ego, but like I didn't know anything and I was totally okay with not knowing anything. And so showing up as like, okay, I came up to this roadblock, like what do I do? And then having tons of people who are more experienced than me be like, this is what I would do since I'm 10 years into the game. And I think that a lot of people see newer investors and remember like, ah, I was there too. I'm sure you, you see yourself in a lot of other new investors. And if you see that they're actually like willing to take action and I was flying out to my rental properties, like sleeping on the floor, actually like physically painting stuff. And I think they saw like, okay, this girl's serious. She's not like a, a just a talker, like she's a doer. So I'm willing to kind of give some advice and, and watch what she can do. So I thought it was a really, it was a life-changing experience to kind of act, like just find other people who were willing to kind of pour into me at, at the exact right time I needed it. 
And so I followed you on social media since you were doing the house in really? Ohio. Yes, I remember watching that <laughs> no whole way. process. Yes, I don't even know how I found you. Um, but I remember watching that process with you. And one of the things about your social media account is you do such a good job of showing all of the details of your business stuff. You, you talk about the numbers, you talk about how you're finding the properties and you do a really great job educating. But we never see any of the like, personal side of who Soli really is. Like we don't know a lot about you personally, but you share so much about your um, your investing journey. And so I've noticed that on my social media account, I get so many personal questions when I do the ask me anything. Have you intentionally decided not to share most of that stuff on your Instagram account? I honestly don't get that many, pers I do the ask me anything too. And what? I would say <laughs> with that. Like literally everything imaginable. I would say like 95% of them are about real estate. Really? You don't get personal questions? Dude, well, mine are like 90% Not personal. really. Oh, we can try it. I'll do it today and see what happens. But <laughs> I would say maybe like five to 10% of them are about travel, like where are you traveling to next? Cause I do share more That's of like a- the one personal thing you share. Lifestyle, yeah. And I think I'm just like more of a, a personal person. And so like my business life is out on display, but I'm, I don't see myself as an influencer. I see myself as an educator. And I think there's a, like a big difference between those two different types of accounts. If you're an influencer, you but do essentially share an educator influences, right? Um, I feel like education, at least on, on my page is meant to get someone from this point to this point, And I'm giving you the knowledge and the the inspiration to want to get there. So first I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you what your life could look like through, you know, travel, financial freedom, maybe it's a nice car, like maybe it's a nice house. <laughs> I was watching you with your car <laughs> while you were getting it repaired, yeah. And I was telling me I need to buy a new car. So I might do that because it's like the last year for 80% depreciation. Yes, exactly. But that's like the lifestyle side of it, but it's not like, let me show you like, how I live day to day and what kind of products I use to wash my face. <laughs> I want to know those things. <laughs> so like following you, I, I love your account. And I think like Heather said, you're so good at like teaching. And I think that that's great. But I also want to know like, what are you eating for dinner? Where, <laughs> like when you go travel, like I want to know all the things. What hotel is she staying at? Like what is her face wash? Or like what eyeliner is she wearing? I don't know. Like where did you get your shoes? Those are really cute, you know? So I feel like, um, I feel like you're an influencer. You just don't know it. I probably do. I probably do. I was trying to say that. So, yeah. I yeah. don't lean into it. I guess I would say. Agreed. I, and yes. I think I could lean into it and maybe I might in the future. I think because there's like a negative connotation now with influencers. People are like literally roll their eyes when they're like, in it. like I'm ashamed to say I'm an influencer now. So, so like, what do you say when you introduce yourself at a party? I'm a YouTuber or like okay. I do YouTube. What and do people like, say in response? So for the longest time, I didn't know what to tell people when they ask me especially older people because they're like what YouTube like that's a job like how do you even get paid for that it's very I think confusing I'm start saying I'm a drug dealer <laughs> I was reading Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week again I read it a long time ago and he talks about just telling people with that stuff he's a drug dealer well, yeah. and then they stop asking questions stop asking. I know the best to... one's real estate you say real estate everyone goes uh no every time I say real estate they go oh can you help me buy a house I'm like I don't know anything about buying houses what I can't do you tell you people that. so like what do you tell people I'm a real estate investor Mm -hmm. And then they ask me to help them buy a house. Oh, yeah. and they think that you're like a real estate agent. Yes. And what about you? I usually just say I'm in real estate and I really feel like it kills the conversation most times. Really? I think if you say I'm a real estate investor, that's a little bit more interesting. Mm. You say I'm in real estate. 
No more questions. I'm going with drug dealer. I guess if you don't want to talk to the person, you say drug dealer. If you are curious and like you want to have an open conversation, you can say like, I'm in real estate. If you, if you said that to me, I would say, oh, what type of real estate? But you're, you're in real estate. I guess maybe you're right. <laughs> Most people don't want to talk about it. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's the whole influencer thing. Like I said, people roll their eyes, but I think maybe that's why. Cause you're like, I don't want to be known as an influencer. Like I'm educated, I'm smart, I'm a businesswoman. And so, but at the same time, you're influencing people to do what you're doing because you're very inspiring with your posts and your travel and just like your life in general. People see Solely, you and, they want to be like you. Yeah, they want to have your life. <laughs> I'll switch it up then. Maybe I'll, I've been toying with the idea of like changing my Instagram to a person, like just my normal name. Because when I started my Instagram, I don't know, maybe you guys can weigh in right now. Oh, we definitely the, will you weigh did in. the latte thing. <laughs> okay, so it yeah. wasn't supposed to be like a big brand at all. It was like, oh, my mom's gonna follow me and like cute, <laughs> like lattes and Lisa's at rhymes. But when I go it's to the- It's cute though, and it makes for good swag. When I go to the bank and they're like, what's your LLC name? <laughs> <laughs> lattes and Lisa's. <laughs> I think it's cute. <laughs> I think it's cute too. But you want to change your name to Soli? Like I heard you said you wanted to like get that so. name. I think so because I think I would maybe turn because I think that again like I feel like my page is so real estate focused because like even my name is real estate focused besides coffee. But I have my latte here with me. Um, but if I changed it to my personal name and I have a real estate account, it's called Out of State Investor Academy. So it's like all things out of state investing. And so I think that if I could transition the real estate education over to that page, then I would have more freedom to explore other parts that I'd okay, like so to share. Okay, so if you were gonna post something right now and it was gonna be non-real estate related on your story or make a reel about it, what would it be? I think it would probably be about like wellness routines or like I'd love to, I, you know, when you read those like Refinery29, like I tried this crazy treatment and this is what I thought. <laughs> I always thought it would be the most fun job to have that job and be able to get like free spa treatments. And like, this is my honest opinion. <laughs> I love that. I think that's really, I think you do great on wellness. In fact, last night we were talking about wellness at dinner and somehow, and I know we've said this almost in every podcast, if you guys are getting sick of us talking about this, let me know, but we're talking about worms in our poop. And this is like a, a recurring a theme. This, I, I do. Says, like, do you have worms in your poop? You need a shirt. Um, I should have a shirt that says there's worms in your poop, but uh, because I feel like I'm convinced everyone has it, but you actually had worms in your poop, right? I didn't have worms, <laughs> but I had a parasite. Oh, a parasite. Okay. So yes. tell me what is the difference between a parasite and a worm? So... Some parasites are more like bacteria looking. Okay. Not like a worm. Honestly, I'm not really like the most educated in this <laughs> distinction. <laughs> but I think some parasites are worms. Like you can have a tapeworm, which is like, I'm pretty sure it's some type of parasite. Or you can have another type of parasite that's just like, it literally looks like an amoeba type of thing. So how did you get worms or parasites? From traveling. So I never studied abroad in college because I was working full time and I didn't want to take some time off. And so when I quit my nine to five job to go full time real estate investing, I had this dream of like, I'm going to go all out and travel 12 months out of the year and like go crazy. And so I moved to Ohio for six months to finish up some projects. And then I was like, all right, now's my time to go travel the world. So I went to first Guatemala and I drank a kombucha and it just 
mess me up for so long. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's supposed to be so, such a healthy drink. Like what was in it that you think like I have no idea. But it messed other girls up on the trip too. So it wasn't just me. So it was I think it was the thing more so was that I went to trip after trip after trip mm-hmm. and I kept on picking up like these weird viruses. So a month later I spent three weeks in Mexico and I was eating, you know, random street food, but I really think I got sick from the ocean because they were dumping sewer sewage in the ocean that's disgusting terrible and so that was like the first official parasite that i got diagnosed from was swimming in that ocean and picking up like a fecal parasite and so i got like so after guatemala i recovered somewhat quickly and then after mexico i wasn't getting better it was like weeks and i was like i'm still like really nauseous and like i feel really terrible and i'm losing a bunch of weight and so i ended up going to a regular like Western doctor type of thing. And they gave me an an antibiotic. And so I took it, I was fine. And then I went to Europe for three weeks and I got COVID. (laughs) So I got sick again. So my my immune system was just like shot from traveling. And I think I still had like this dream of traveling. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. Like I'm still going to go on all the trips that I planned. I went back to Mexico. I came back and then I ended up getting this like really terrible bout of like, I don't even know, like food poisoning type of thing on a plane. Oh no. An overnight oh my God, flight. I'm also shocked you can track exactly where all this came from. Well, I've had to explain it to the doctors many times. <laughs> Wait, food poisoning on a plane sounds freaking awful. Ugh. overnight flight too and so it was like a 10 p.m or like 11 p.m to 5 a.m flight and I was I was trying to sleep and all of a sudden I was like oh I, I feel really bad oh, no. and so then I went to the back of the plane I was like maybe I just have like low blood sugar and so I was like back there all the flight attendants were like sleeping somewhere but I was like opening up soda cans and like trying to drink it and then I just like passed out <gasps> on in the back for Wait, I don't know what? how long I know on the airplane by myself yeah oh my <laughs> god and then I, I woke w- up and I was like oh I feel really 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 bad and so then I just spent the rest of wait the- no one found you passed out you just came to on your just own no one there, found no me one did anything on the floor well everyone was sleeping <laughs> and so anyways I got up like spent the rest of the time in the bathroom throwing up and then I was like wow I wonder what happened I just I don't know what it was because I didn't even eat anything it always sounds like you were drugged that doesn't it sound like that yeah yeah and so but like I don't think I was because I didn't eat anything and so anyways so I got to um did you drink anything no nothing isn't that bizarre yes that's insane yeah really weird anyway so I got to Augusta Georgia which is where I was going I was gonna be there for a month and then all of a sudden I was on the way to a meetup and I went to Chick-fil-a to get like a like a snack before and I was like oh I gotta go home like this chicken smell <laughs> I think I remember you canceling that like the day of. I you went were supposed to, you went I okay. went so I like got super sick I, I remember, remember your post though talking about that my friend was with me who's in who was a nurse and I remember I had red velvet cake the day before and I was like you gotta go look at it and I, like I'm throwing up blood and she looked at it and she was like that's red velvet cake <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways she we went we went to the meetup but after that I got like really 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 sick I ended up in the hospital and for the next like four months I had like extreme nausea and so they couldn't figure out you know like they were like are you pregnant and I'm like I swear I'm not like they make me take so many tests every time I go in the hospital and then they said they were like maybe you know 
you have an ulcer. Like, and so I went down like the whole Western medicine route, like test after test after test, and they weren't finding anything. And they're like, maybe it's a neurology department problem. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go get my brain checked out for this. <laughs> and so that's how I ended up going more of like the natural route because I had followers reach out to me and say like, hey, I think that it could be something like a parasite. Like, let me help you. Oh my God. That is where social media is such a pro yes. when you're sharing your life because they literally saved you. Okay. So a, a follower reaches out and says you have a parasite. And then where did you end up going to like a holistic doctor or naturopath? It was her. So she took my course. Yeah. She love her. She's really nice. And she was like, I can help you. Like, let me just like for free do your testing and like read your testing for you. And so she did. And she found like parasites, H. pylori, like all sorts of stuff that was, I had like aluminum poisoning, mercury poisoning. So just like all sorts of stuff from traveling I think from all the food you ate from f- in from all food, these different countries from travel the from water. from the water yeah. from like who knows what and it was just like compounding over and over and over again so my body just like couldn't take it and shut down and so she ended up helping me out and then she actually gave birth and so I had to switch doctors but <laughs> we figured it out <laughs> so you're better now Mostly, mostly. But you tried like the whole holistic thing for like a couple months. It wasn't really working. And then you ended up taking antibiotics, right? I did. Yeah. So there's a thing called a GI map. And so if you have any sort of like symptoms that you can't explain, a lot of people have like some, it's crazy. There's amount of people who have gut problems. Like they just flood into my DMs. It's like, you too? Me too. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing for your gut problems? And so your niche. Yeah. It yeah. is, I know. Maybe that's what I would share about gut health you on my should. I feel like that's something that now we've now talking about it that I think you would be like good at is like the wellness and gut health route. So you should try it. Let's experiment and like okay. see what Give happens. Give me about a couple months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I need to prepare for that. <laughs> I don't mind talking about it because I actually do feel like it changed, well, you've already started talking it changed about it. my life. Like yeah. I could not do like anything while I was sick. I like literally could not look at anything. I couldn't like even go outside and walk because I would walk a couple steps and I'd just be nauseous and have to go lay back down. <sighs> but for like months and months and months, it's like all I want to do is just like get back to work, like get back to normal. And so it's like really challenging to do anything good in life if you are like sick and your gut is messed up. Yeah, you realize what a blessing your health is and how important it is. Right. And I think a lot of people go through like very similar gut issues and they just don't, they don't know it's not normal. They don't know how to fix it. They just want to live with it. And so I think it is an important topic, but I ended up, um, going the natural route. It's a lot of pills, a lot of like 20 pills a day type of thing. And it was taking a long, long time. And I was like miserable for months. And so when I switched doctors, she was, she's a whole, she's like a gut health nutritionist doctor for women and also for like hormones and different things like that. But she was like, if you are on the scale of one to 10, like eight miserable every day, like just take the antibiotics and we'll rebuild your gut after. And so I did do that. It took like three days to get rid of the wow. nausea. What a difference. I know, but, but no one in the, the Western medicine world could find out what it was. And so she had to figure out, you know, what it was. I actually went to my gastroenterologist, which is like a stomach specialist. And she was like, I can't give you antibiotics because the antibiotic I would give you is going to just make you more nauseous. So who gave it to you? My pediatrician. Shut no. up. Yes. <laughs> I scheduled a, like a, cause it, you know, on telehealth medicine, you can schedule telehealth visits with like the people who you've 
seen before. And so I scheduled it with a pediatrician and she was like, why are you seeing me? You're like way too old for this. And I was like, can you please give me an antibiotic? And she did. And she gave me the exact right one that I needed. And so without her, I probably still would be really messed up. That's amazing. You really have to advocate for your own health these days. You do. Because if you didn't do all the things that you did, you would probably still be sick because all those doctors just like wrote you off like what, you're probably crazy and that you need to go get your head checked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's all in your head. But really, like something was very wrong with you. Obviously, you know that. We know our bodies better than these doctors do. And sometimes like they're not right. So good for you. We're doing a mock solely story. So you posted (laughs) about how you're excited about flipping right now, which you weren't doing a whole lot of before. And now we're posting a little bit. We've we've got some out of state investor Academy stuff. And then we're like, Soli's over here taking her 20 pills for the day to have this great (laughs) gut health. And then what's the next post? Um, like what would I post just in terms of on my page? I'm trying to prompt you to talk about the cat napper. <laughs> oh wow, I would have not. I would have not gone there. <laughs> you gotta give me that. Oh, I don't know how else to be like. Tell me about cat napping. Ubi cat photos. <laughs> I was like travel. What's next? Yeah. Lots of cats. I'm going to be an old, happy cat lady with I heard you cats. stole your neighbor's cat. <laughs> that, that really How did happen? that happen? Loose term, loose term. There's a lot of neighborhood cats, I feel like, in the neighborhood I'm in right now. There's just a lot of cats around, and I happen to be really good with them. I'm like a cat whisperer. So they just Do you have cats already? They just come to me. No, I had a cat growing up. Loved him. His name was Tabasco. He was orange. Super spicy that. cat. Um, and then I lived with roommates who had three cats and so I've always been just like in my cat era and so now I like I miss having a cat because I don't live with my roommates anymore and so I don't know these cats come like in the backyard and I just pick them up and like want to cuddle them (laughs) and then they want to stay and so they end up like sleeping there and so for Halloween I was a cat napper which is kind of a joke and kind of real (laughs) and not a cat nap as in like I'm gonna go take a 20 minute nap like a cat nap as in like kidnapping but like a cat version right (laughs) wait so are they still at your house they are but I'm pretty sure they go home sometimes how do they get out there's a cat door. Like you open the door and they run out and then you like shake the treats and they run back in. So, <laughs> so you're, you're kind of like sharing cats We're sharing with your cats. Yeah, cat. exactly. I was, I feel like all cats kind of have a secret life. Like what do your cats do when they, I feel like every person should have like a tracker on their cat. Like where do your cats go on their adventures? When they might just there. be going to someone else's house. Mine never leave. Do you have a cat? We have two. And okay. they don't, we can open the door and they are not going outside. Oh, that's they want to go in the garage because they saw a lizard in there yeah. like one time. And now they're obsessed that there's that lizard is still in the garage. But we can literally open the back door and they are not going out. They're huh. like, we live in this house. That's rare. We're not going outside. Those cats are bougie. They're like, we're in a $4 million house. We're not going <laughs> to that $2 million house across the street. We're staying here That's with so our funny. feastables or whatever it is that you probably. <laughs> you start feeding stray cats wet food and they just come all the time. <laughs> is that your trick? That's the strategy because everyone else feeds them dry food. That is so funny. Or the treats. Um, so is there anything else that you want to share with us? That's what is something actually that you've never, like that people don't know about you? I don't know. Anything like you, that people might be surprised about you. Like maybe you go to Pilates every day or 
Maybe you have a bath every night. <laughs> I'm wanting it, to get my yoga teacher's training license. And so I'm, I, maybe that's unusual. That's cool. But I'm probably going to do that in January. So What's inspiring you to get your license as opposed to just go to the classes? I've gone to yoga for so long. Like I did hot yoga for a long, long time. And then after I got a parasite, I couldn't do hot yoga anymore because it's too like strenuous and it kind of makes me really dizzy. And so I've been doing like regular yoga. And so I just feel like an insane change in my like mental state when I do yoga. And everyone sits like this all day and it's really tight. And so just like the stretching, the strength, the but balance. But what makes you want to teach the class as opposed to just go to it? So the teacher training is not always just for teachers. It's to get a deeper understanding of yoga as a practice mm -hmm. and the different poses and how to do them correctly. Because kind of like the retreats you see online where people go right. and learn about all that. And so they tell you like warrior two, but like, how do you know if you're doing it correctly? They don't and actually, why do we do this? Why do and, you do yeah. it? Like, why does it, what does it help in your body? And I think that because I was so sick, I have like a deep appreciation for education on wellness and understanding like, why do we do what we do and how does this impact your health and why should we do it? And I feel like from a logical perspective, it helps me too. Cause I'm like, if I know that this is the reason why I do this pose, I'm going to be better at doing it right the entire time. And so it's that. And like, also I'm very interested in like the spiritual side of yoga where it's more about like, you know, inner peace and like, how do you get to that? Like enough mindset because I think right now I'm very uh, like career driven and it's like it's never enough like once I hit the goal you move the goal and like what when will I find that like I'm okay where I am and I think that the whole yoga mindset and maybe I'm completely off base because I haven't done my training yet <laughs> but it it leads me to a place of more like gratitude like being okay with where I am being like thankful for what's around us and some of the little things like when you go and they're like how like when's the last time you noticed the trees outside or like the sun's shining on your face and you're like oh I haven't noticed that and so when things are crazy with real estate or with anything else in life and I'm like well why didn't I get 2,000 likes on my photo instead of 1,000 then I think it's a lot more grounding and I enjoy being within that community. And do you think that you're going to actually teach it or is it more like personal development? Like, I think it's personal development more so than teaching. Um, but I would love to do like a, like a health and wealth retreat where I was going to say yeah. next West coast trip. We're going to I think it'd be a, really fun. Take a yoga class. Yeah. My, um, yeah. <laughs> my mom's boyfriend is a holistic chiropractor, but oh, he's unique. trained in like this very specific Eastern medicine that it basically can unwind traumas that are held inside your bodies. Mm. And so it's like, for example, this one lady was like, could not give birth, like for whatever reason. And she went to every doctor possible, but there's this, it's very interesting when you get a treatment, it's like a mixture of tapping, like- Do they like pull hands like with energy over your body? It's not an energy thing. It's a very specific, has to, it's very methodical. Okay. And so it'll be like pulling, tapping, like, twisting like all sorts of things but it's very specific and it's very hard to find someone who knows how to do this thing but he found out that the reason why she was miscarrying was because um she was like a firefighter and she had fallen on her like pelvic region mm -hmm. and so her body was holding trauma there and every time she tried to get pregnant it was like unsafe mm -hmm. abort and so she just 
lost every single baby. And so she, he had to like unwind the trauma in her body and then she was able to have three kids. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So he does things like that. And I would love to, I mean, it's such a very specific, like he's helped people who have like extreme claustrophobia and like he's I need had, his number. <laughs> are you claustrophobic? No, I have week, all kinds all of issues. But I need like, yeah, I need him to stay for like a year at my house. <laughs> it was so healthy. fascinating. Like, and I think that mixing that, like, because you can't be your best self if if you're not feeling like your best self. And so mixing like yoga and like untraditional like medicine or like ice baths, which are more popularized, but could be cool. And like sauna. They've been like the whole fad, I feel like for Cold plunges, hot and cold therapies. But like, I think when you get people out of their comfort zones, they like get alive, you know, like jump into an ice bath, you automatically get happier because you're just like, Ooh, oh no, that sounds (laughs) miserable for me. (laughs) But I think that afterwards, after you get out, you feel so good because you're like not miserable anymore. You feel powerful though. Oh, I think it's like, wow, you actually did it. And it wakes up your senses. Mm. And so they always say, if you can't ice bath, at least like pull your hair back and like put your face in an ice. I saw someone on social media saying that she did the ice thing for her face and it helps like close her pores i can't remember who it was but <laughs> it was i was more like, like a skincare yeah the skincare equivalent like if you don't it's it's very similar it, it it like triggers the right things in your body to produce the same things i mean i'm all for like the spiritual stuff i feel like um i've done so much therapy in my life and none of it worked but then i did this weird thing and i can't remember what it, it was like very weird but i can't remember what it's called like hypnotism no it wasn't descriptive shannon this totally is, know what you're talking I, about. no this is some weird stuff let me tell you i went in there it was very scary i for oh. one i thought like this guy's definitely gonna kill me because it was like in his house in an apartment i was like I don't know if this is safe, but I've told her my family where I was. I went in and you, you probably know what it's called. So jump in if you, if you do, but you lay down on a table, he lights some incense. He says some like woo woo stuff. He makes you smell some incense or like not incense, sorry, <laughs> no like those clue. essential oils. And then it's like Reiki. Puts, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Reiki. And then he puts his like hand over you. And I'm telling you at Did first, you feel I was anything? Like, so let me just tell you, I, fr- I thought this is such bullshit. Like this is such bullshit. I can't believe I'm paying this much money for this and that therapy I started bawling crying because I all of a sudden thought of trauma that had happened to me that I had completely not even remembered that I had had as a child and I have been through a lot of therapy let me tell you and like not once has that ever come out until this guy literally just put his hands over me with like some essential oils and was like oh yeah like you are have a lot of stuff you're like keeping inside of you and so I definitely believe in that stuff because um yeah it worked for me there's I'm like scared. moving energy which there's a lot of fake Reiki people like literally just like mm, and like nothing happens yeah, that's what I thought but was happening apartment where you think you might die that it's real yes. have you watched um Gwyneth Paltrow's goop no, no. what you we guys would to. love it okay is so it it's a like, documentary or no show? it's like a short like they're short episodes the first one was about wellness they did all things from like mushrooms like magic mushrooms oh I have heard of this my sister wants to do ayahuasca now because she watched Gwyneth Paltrow's That's my favorite goop. traveling question to ask people is like have you done ayahuasca before <laughs> I have no idea what that is I would, I would have a full-on panic attack there's no way I would do that it's like some sort of drug that makes you like it's hallucinate. a natural no it's a natural I've done a lot of research Wait, have on you ayahuasca? Done ayahuasca I haven't done it but I but everyone I was at a hostel in Costa Rica and everyone did it there's like a traveler's version and there's like the real version 
version. The real version is like you are throwing up and pooping for days. Why would you want to do that? Because you're, it feels good to purge. Is what they I say. think it's supposed to be healing. I think I like different traveling than y'all do. <laughs> no, it's supposed to like, it's it like basically your ego disappears. Like it, it, everything having to do with like your conscious mind, like just lets down its guard and it lets you connect to like, a deeper belonging into the universe. And so usually you will get like really deep visions of like whatever you need in your life. And so people do it when they, they have like a really tough time in life and they need to get over trauma or they need to have some direction of like where they're supposed to go in life. I feel like I'm a control freak and I feel the same way. Like I'd probably have a panic attack, but I wish I could do it. And I wish I wanted to do it. I think our Christian version of this is we fast. And then we like have a deeper connection to God because we're not eating. I think I'm sticking with that. But people do it for all sorts of reasons. There's a really great documentary on like mushrooms, like magic mushrooms and how they use that for people who are like dying to like be at peace with death and stuff because they feel like the deeper connection to the world and everything's that piece very interesting I don't know how we got on this topic I think but. that you should do ayahuasca and I should come film it <laughs> oh the traveler version is no, like okay, 15 you minutes you both need to do it and I will film <laughs> I'm too uh, scared I, I, I need to totally take a Xanax to out. take the ayahuasca <laughs> <laughs> but I would say so I interviewed loosely like all the people at the hostel who all did it and I would say that 80% of them felt like just like infinite love is what they told me. Mm. Like that's all they felt was like, it was an amazing infinite love experience. The other 20% had weird stuff happen. And that's why I'm like, there's 20% chance it could go terrible. We can put you in a controlled environment. <laughs> <laughs> they mostly are right. There's people there that when they do it, they're it's like shamans. Guide you. Okay. So they're got, it's a guided like spiritual experience and they bless the, the tea that they give you or whatever they give you. But they have it in the US where you literally like lie down on the couch and they hold your hand and you go into a journey type of thing. God, that sounds just not something like I want to do. <laughs> but the Goop, you should watch Goop because the first season's all about wellness. The second season's all about sex, which is, but they have a Reiki person there who shows you like, it's wild that they, what they can do with their hands. That's so, I, I feel like we can probably talk about this for like hours and hours because it's really interesting. <laughs> like, um, but I think that um, our time is up. <laughs> we talked about enough random topics for today. <laughs> no real estate, just random. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zoli, for being here with us today. It was really nice to get to know a little bit more about you personally, since we see so much on your investing on Instagram. We appreciate it. Yeah. Is there anywhere we can find you? Our listeners can find you if they want to follow you on social media. If you want to hear about real estate, Lattes and Lisa's on Instagram. Soon and to be wellness. Soon to well. be a wellness account, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to learn about real estate, go to Out of State Investor Academy on Cute Instagram. Cat photos. Cat photos, wellness, travel, maybe the occasional real estate post. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Yeah, bye.